Go. Today's da'af is da'af tzadi yalaf, page 91, the Hidik Mitzachas Babakam, we're in Parikah Chayvel, at the two dots, six lines from the bottom of Tzadik Amud Beis, 90B, six lines from the bottom. Here we go. Another incredible da'af ahead of us, and it pertains to the laws of, of uh, courts when it comes to capital punishment matters. What sort of information has to be in front of the court and what sort of, when they judge a capital punishment matter, as well as what sort of information does the court need to demand from the witnesses in order to paskin in such a case. So listen to this. Tanur Rabban, the rabbi is learning so shui. Shor tam shehemis v'hizik. You have a shor tam that kills somebody and also damages a person. Okay. So this animal, first it killed. Now what's the, what do we do to an animal that kills? Chai Misa. But we'll, find, we'll, we'll see soon whether we judge it yet. Yeah? But this animal killed, and then afterwards it damaged property in a separate happening. In a separate happening. So basically you go in, um, I'm sorry, what's, what's the word? Uh, chronological order, thank you. Correct. You go in chronological order. Now he killed first and then damaged. So since he needs to be judged on the killing first, it's not going to end up, the owner of the ox will not end up paying. Muad shehemis v'hizik. What happens if an ox which was a muad kills a person and then damages? Then, Then you deal with the finances first and afterwards the dine nefashis, the killing of... The, uh, the the killing of the animal and possibly even the owner, depending on the circumstance. What if the best in the court first judged the capital punishment on the mud, which they shouldn't have done? Then we're not going to go back and deal with the uh, financial matters. Okay, no, they should have done it, but if I mistake, they did it the other way. Then we just leave it. This all needs to be explained. Says the Gemara, I don't understand something. This ox was a muad. The ox killed. Then the ox damaged. What did we say? First deal with the damages, pay that up, and then deal with the murder. And that's what you should do. But if you didn't, if you dealt with the murder first, then you, you just stop. Says the Gemara, why? You can still paskin dine mumnus. I don't understand. The ox is sentenced to death, right? The owner of the ox still has to make financial restitution for what the animal did. So why is it that if by a sharmud we judge it with capital punishment first, now the owner's ox is off the hook? Why? Your, your ox dies because of incident number one, and now you're going to pay because of what your ox did in incident number two. Okay? Omar Rav, as Rav explains, Who's this whole price of following? Yesterday we learned, the Shimon HaTimani holds, that in order for witnesses to judge in court, to, to testify in court, that somebody killed, they have to bring the actual weapon with them into court. Remember we said that? The same way, when you testify against somebody, the guy shows up with his fist into court, you need to have that they have information 
about the actual weapon, and then Bezdin is going to look at that weapon and say, what sort of damage is this weapon capable of inflicting? Now, I want to pause over here. We're going to turn to today's daf, and we're in the middle of a statement. But I want to pause over here and just, ex- we, we didn't really spend time on yesterday of why. Okay? It's important to know what was used. Because specifically when it comes to capital punishment in certainly halachic realms, it's not just did you do it, did you not do it. It's also did you do something in a way that's possible that we can put the whole death responsibility on the action or not. Meaning sometimes you have somebody who's so frail. Somebody who's so frail. Or they, uh, they, they had a separate illness that was existing at the same time. You can't necessarily blame it on that, right? They say those uh, not getting involved in the... Uh, I'm not smart enough to know what's what. But they say a, a, a lot of uh, deaths due to COVID very often were not necessarily due to COVID. It could have been that the person had COVID at the time of death. But if somebody had other factors involved, they had uh, heart failure or uh, lung failure, right? And they had COVID at the same time. So where do you put the achrayas on COVID or not? Now, in, in, in uh, areas of, of um, death certificates and things like that, it doesn't really matter, right? Okay, whatever the cause of death was. But, but when you're going to judge somebody with capital punishment, it certainly does matter. And therefore, Bezdin has to see the weapon. Says Shemnatimani, the weapon has to come to Bezdin. The witnesses cannot just show up and say, we saw him go and, and punch the guy or stab the guy. You also need to tell us like what was used. Because maybe the guy died from something else. Be- Bezin has to see not only that you saw the action, but that you, you have access to, to the uh, weapon. Top of today's daf. Here we go. Alma You see that Shimon Timani holds. You need umduna de Beidina. You need things to actually be brought into court. And over here, since the ox has already been sentenced to death, therefore there's no, not going to be a financial payment. Because you don't keep an animal alive in order to bring it into court. Because we don't want to push off its judgment. Okay? And since we're not able to evaluate the ox, therefore you can't make the owner pay for damaging. It's incredible. I, I bet many of us who were sitting here said, well, I don't understand. Right? Were many of us confused when we said, why, you know, if at first the ox killed and then it damaged, like, why wouldn't you pay the restitution for the damage? What's, what's, you did damage. So here, the Gemara is making an assumption that the reason is because the ox simply won't be here. The ox won't be available to bring to court. Because if I want to claim an ox did something, it did damage, I have to see what does the ox look like? What are the circumstances surrounding it? What are, what, what are the abilities uh, of the ox? Since it's dead, can't do it. But now that it's not dead, if you did judge it first, Mercedes, then you will pay. And I said to this understanding, you can even say that, that this halacha, this brisa follows the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Kiva argued on Shimon Atimani. Shimon Atimani held that. Shemati when he held that the, the weapon or whatever damaged had to be in court. Rabbi Akiva argued. Says Gemara, Rabbi Akiva, even according to Rabbi Akiva, says you don't need to bring in court. He'll hold. Where the, the owner ran away. And since the owner ran away, he didn't want to pay anything. So the fact that he wasn't around caused that we're just going to. Uh, the halacha is you can't judge against somebody if they're not around, if they're not there 
we're not going to make a uh, we're not going to paskin. Um, so, uh, so therefore, there, it, it wasn't possible to make a psak halacha uh, against him. Says the Gemara, "E Barach." One second, if he ran away, he He said he ran away, so we weren't able to make a a capital punishment case against him or his acts. So we only had a case of what financial? Says Gemara. One second, financial cases also you can't make without the owner there. Answers the Gemara. The Kabul Sadiu Barach. First he was there. The owner, the Bezdin, accepted witnesses in his presence, and then he ran away. Says the Gemara, fine, but if he's not here, so you, I don't understand. If he's not here, uh, how's there any sort of payment? Now, what's the purpose of dealing with Dine Mumnus before Dine Nefashis? Uh, either way, you're going to dan Dine Mumnus, then Dine Nefashis. The ox is still going to be killed, and the owner's not around to pay. So the Gemara says, May Radia. I'll tell you what you do. This guy's axe, again, damaged. It's not dead yet. The owner ran away after we accepted witnesses. So could we paskin the financial side of things? Yes. So we're, they're going to paskin that his axe did $500 in damage. Who are we going to try to collect that payment from? Obviously, the axe's owner, but he ran. So what do we do in such a circumstance? Says, well, I'll tell you what you do. His axe is here, but he's not here. So you know what you do? You rent out, or you rent out the ox. Let the ox work for whoever it damaged until it gets until it gets that value back. It says Gemara Iachi. If so, why don't we do that always? That's a great that's a great thing to do. Says the Gemara. We should always, if an animal kills, even if it's a tam, and then the animal damages, deal with the damages first, and then deal with dinah nefashis, and this way. Uh, this way, the who, everybody who's owed money gets paid back. We're we're in good shape. Uh, people whom the money is due don't want to have a killer ox. Okay. Okay, but it's a tam, so it's not really a threat. But or okay, so then you don't decide. That's your choice. You could be Michael. You could be Michael. But this is the best we can do. The, the guy's not here. Amar Rav Mari Braid Rav Kahana Zotomedet. What it means to tell us is Ridya Ila Demare Habi. That plowing is considered the best property. Of uh, of the owner, and therefore we only consider this possibility when it comes to a shar mood. We don't consider this possibility by a shar tam. Why? Because by a shar tam, the owner only pays from the body of the ox. He does not pay from his choices property. And being paid back from the animal working for you, the animal plowing for you, is considered the best. It's considered pay- getting paid back from from the choicest. A property, and that we can only enforce when it comes to a mu'ad, and not by a tam. Period. End of that Gemara. Iboilu, that's the question, searching for information. Yesh, made l'ni zakein, ayein made l'ni zakein. Do we estimate when it comes to damages or not? Okay. Now, what does it mean, estimate? So, it doesn't mean estimating value. It means, do we estimate, and does Bezden have to see... The thing that caused the damage, the same way by death, Bezin has to see what's there, whether it's possible to bring death. What about when something gets damaged? Do we do the same thing? Me, Amrinan, the only by killing, we have to, we have to uh, evaluate um, to see whether this weapon can kill somebody. But Bahaki, but by uh, damage, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and maybe the weapon, is not strong enough to bring death. But when it comes to damages, 
Yeah, maybe uh, the, the smallest thing can cause damage. Or perhaps Laishno. Or perhaps there's no difference. And the halacha is, even by damage, we're going to say the halacha is, you got to bring uh, the, um, the damaging item into court. So Gemara says, Tashma, come and listen. Here we go. Now the Gemara is going to, for uh, until the two dots, about a half of Amud, we're going to try to prove whether or not you need to have the actual item of damage in front of Bezim. Tashma, come and listen. Ma bar sheesh begedil lamas asar tvachim. Av kol sheesh begedil lamas asar tvachim. A pit that's ten tvachim deep could bring death. So too, anything which is ten tvachim deep, if somebody dies, obligates a uh, whoever dug it in uh, in causing death. Let's say I dug a pit that's five tvachim deep, eight tvachim deep, nine tvachim deep, and the donkey dies. Potter, I don't need to pay. Because a nine tefach deep pit doesn't cause death. Huzak baib, if the animal broke its leg, chayv. You are chayv. My lab matel malak achashim. Says Gemara, let's assume that we're going from low to high. Low to high. Which means we're dealing with things that are two tefachim deep, three tefachim deep, four tefachim deep, ten tefachim deep. Now, what does this mean? And our Mishnah means to say like this. From one tefach until ten tefachim misalaka. You're not obligated in death. Nizak and Ika. But you'll be obligated in damages. Alma, you see from here, the Nizak and Koldu, that when it comes to damages, even the smallest thing, even if it's a one tefach deep thing, could cause damage. Shmamina, Einandil Nizakin. So you see over here, you don't need to estimate Nizakin. So death has set numbers. Ten or more. Set numbers. But by injury, we didn't give a number. We just said if it's less than ten tefachim and it gets injured, you're obligated. Right? Unfortunately, probably many of us, Know this for ourselves. It's incredible. It's mamish. It just goes back to the daily miracles and minute-to-minute miracles that we encounter. Which is, it's so easy to tweak your your ankle. It's so easy to tweak your knee. Chas v'shalom. It's a very easy thing. It's a lot. It takes like one one like pebble in the wrong place and nebuch. A person can mamish be hobbling for a little bit. It should never happen to us. I was still. Yeah. Broke your ankle just by trying to turn your body without even stepping. Incredible. Incredible. In one spot. Incredible. Right? So that the Gemara here is saying, like when you see when it comes to damage, anything could damage. The slightest amount could damage. If that's true, there's no reason why we should obligate somebody to come into Besden because you never need to prove that something was capable of damaging. Anything's the, the, the smallest thing is capable of, of damaging. Says Gemara, there's no proof. From there, maybe we're going from high to low. And what the Mishnah means like this. Asara, if you made a ditch, ten tvachim deep, misa ika, you're obligated in death, pachas me asara, porta, but if it's nine and a half tvachim, mizak and isa, you're obligated in damages, misa like but not in death. But really there is, and each and every case, you have to evaluate the level of damage that's being done through it. Okay, bottom line is, the Gemara says, we had an assumption, Maybe we should understand the mission a certain way. The Gemara is responding, no. We're back to square one. We have a Shaila. We have a Shaila. And the Shaila is that even though we know that when something causes death, we need to have the weapon in front of Bezdin. Is that true by damages? We don't have a Psaq Halacha. Let's keep trying. Toshma, come and listen. If a master blinds his servant by hitting him in the eye, al or he hits him in the ear, and the servant is now deaf. 
the servant goes free. He's out. He's allowed to. Uh, he's allowed to walk away. What if the master didn't hit him on his ear or his eye? Rather, he hit him next to his ear and next to his eye, but it wasn't like on the actual uh, body part. The servant does not go free, even though he's now blind and deaf. My timer isn't because you need an assessment. You have to know. See, if it's on it itself, then we could say. We don't need an assessment. You see from next day, we need an assessment. You see that you need assessment for damages. Says the Gemara, do with assessment. Says no. The reason why the slave does not go free if you punch him or hit him next to his eye or next to his ear, he's not going free because you could put an element of responsibility on the servant himself. So? Interesting. How so? Because we learned in Ebrisa, Hamavis says Chaveri, somebody who sh- who scares his friend. Now, when people get scared, what happens? Heart yeah, heart attack. They their body jerks suddenly. Yeah, Rabiel just said you can stand in one spot and break your ankle, chas right? If your body jerks, you can strain muscles and and bones, right? So, you didn't actually hit the guy; you just scared him. You're put Adam, you don't need to pay his medical bills, but you're Chaya If you want a clean slate when you come up to heaven, if that was intentional. intentional, absolutely. You're an intentional grumma. You're right, you need to be intentional. You intentionally were a grumma, you caused it, uh, you caused it to happen. Kate for example, you scream into this guy's ear and you made him deaf. Technically, you're Potter. You're Potter. You didn't touch him. However, what happens? What if you grab the guy's ear, scream in it, you got, scream in it, you hold it, scream in there, he can't move now, right? And then you scream in his ear, then chayev. You are responsible. Okay. Fine. Says the Gemara, also bottom line, bottom line, says the Gemara, there's no proof. There's no proof. Why? Because we tried saying that you need to have it in court, you, you, you need to be umduna ben Um because you're putter when you scream opposite the guy's ear. Says no, when you scream opposite the guy's ear, it's called he's doing it to himself. Now we didn't really explain this, so let's explain this. This is this is a very interesting uh, parameter, and that is that. Uh, I'll tell you what the Gemara is saying, and then my question on it. That is that even if somebody scares me, I'm really scaring myself. How scared I get, how scared I get is really a responsibility to an extent on me. That's true. Very interesting. Your nature. Nate instincts, nature, um, uh, how, how dramatic, how big of an impact it's going to have on me really is me. Really is me. I'm in control of that. And I, have, I do have an element of responsibility. Now, I'm not totally responsible, obviously. You can't look at somebody and say, oh, well, I hurt you. You shouldn't have gotten hurt. You, you should have been uh, 50 pounds more muscle on you and nothing would have happened. No. The, so this is where I'm, I'm not sure where the line is because on one hand, there's times where if somebody gets exceedingly frightened... 
we could say to the victim, listen, the, the damager didn't really do that. You did that to yourself. You shouldn't have, you didn't need to have that response. Here's my question on it, and I'm going to leave it as a question. And the it's an open-ended thing, and that is what the clear boundaries are, because we know that in other places, as far as other halachas, the aggressor, recall it, is, did transgress biblically. Did transgress. And I'll, I'll explain to you how. It says, Laisainu, you're not allowed to harass another Jew, and there's an additional problem of harassing a widow or an orphan, or a ger. So if you say hurtful words to a widow, an orphan, or a convert, you have a double transgression as far as harassment. There's even more. But as far as harassment, A, you're not let harass another yid. B, they're a widow, orphan, or a convert. Let me ask you a question. What's with the widow, orphan, or convert? How, how are they different? It says Rashi, the Torah is just giving examples. You don't need to be a widow, orphan, or convert. These are examples of people who are vulnerable and sensitive. They don't have a support system or a network. So here's my question. Why, don't, why can't the, the aggressor say, That's your problem. Don't be so sensitive. It's my fault that there's something going on in your life. You just had a breakup. And you just lost your dad. So it's my fault. A week ago you wouldn't have had hurt feelings. Now you do. It's my achrayas. Says the Torah. Yeah, it is your achrayas. That's right. So, so what's interesting here. That's right. But over here we're saying when you shock somebody. When it comes to payment, you don't need to do that because let's say you shout at you, you shout at somebody without grabbing their ear, you're not going to be financially responsible in this world. Bedine shamayim, that's what I'm saying. Bedine shamayim, you're responsible. The Torah says, don't you dare speak hurtful words to a sensitive person and say, oh, they're just being sensitive. Uh, uh-uh. no, no. That's great. If they're more sensitive, that's on you. That's as far as Shemayim is concerned. But Bedine Adam, as far as how people, how we can obligate payment and extrapolate money from somebody, you can't pull money from the aggressor unless you could say the guy physically damaged him, completely his fault. So it's interesting that as far as heaven is concerned, my responsibility as a Yid is no matter what the victim's nature is, I should be really, the onus is on me to not do that. Are we going to extract payment from you if you didn't mamish? No, that, that far we're not going to go when you were just a grum. So it's an interesting, interesting place. Okay, here we go. Toshma, come and listen. Chamisha Devarim. The five types of damage, the, the five types of payments that get paid, right? Damage, medical bills, pain, embarrassment, uh, loss of work. So the last two, uh, uh, medical bills and loss of work, you... Um, you don't pay right away. You know why? Because we don't know how long the guy's going to be out of a job for, and we don't know what his medical bills are going to be. But all the other ones need to be paid. Uh, need to be paid asap. Um, do if let's say they evaluate a misnava Okay, let's say they evaluated what how long it should take for him to recover, and this guy takes a longer time. We only give him the original amount that was set. The reason for this is we're going to assume that the victim, the onus is on the victim to 
be more careful in your rehab process. In the, process? In the rehab process. So if somebody gets hurt... How do you become more... Uh, careful? Careful. You actually do the rehab, right? Somebody, somebody causes... You cause another year to lose, to lose the, the ability to, to use their right hand. Yeah. And the person will get their right hand mobility back if they follow the proper procedures as established. That's right. You go to Johnny Gordon and he says, this one needs to be done. The guy's a little, the guy's too tired to do that. He's too lazy to do that. Too tired. I want to call lazy. You know, and instead of doing, uh, do, stretching and, and getting his muscles ready twice a day, he does it twice a week. So it's going to take longer. He could put the achrayas on the aggressor. The answer is no. You can't do that. You have, you have no right to do that. Amdu behavri. What if they? What if he got healthier faster? What if they thought it was going to be four months of rehab? Yeah, and now uh, two months he's back. Nice and like do. He gets the original amount. You work hard at it, and you get better faster. You'll still get the money. Still get the money. Shmamina yesh And from this whole process, we see that we do evaluate when it comes to uh, when it comes to damage. And since we evaluate when it comes to damage, the victim always gets whatever he's, uh, whatever he's entitled to. Says the Gemara, no, 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 no. Let me explain something. He says, this that we're asking about whether you assess damage. We know that if you're assessing how long the process is going to take, that for sure, you need to be able to, to have... To have the authority to make that sort of uh, evaluation, because if you didn't have, if Bezin didn't have the authority to make an evaluation in such a case, you can never demand payment. Like, uh, what is it? You, where do you even start? You can never demand payment. You have to evaluate payment. A guy gets damaged. How much damage? Duh. You go to court. <laughs> the court will tell you. Yeah. See, I just, I just uh, dated myself. You know how I dated myself? I said, duh. When I was a younger kid, we said, duh. You know what my kids tell me now? You know what my kids tell me now? They don't say, duh, anymore. They say, thank you, Captain Obvious. We say, duh. Somebody tells something you know already. You know, duh. Yeah. You know, I tell my kids something like, no, could you, uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't put your laundry away the way mommy asked you. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't talk to your father like that. You hear me? Tyra doesn't let it. Now go put your laundry away. No, they don't know. Baruch Hashem. But that, that's the expression amongst the kids. Thank you, Captain Obvious. All right, very cool. So anyway, right? Says Gemara, thank you, Captain Obvious. Of course, Bezin has to evaluate what's going on. How else do you ever bring out these, these sort of payments? Where's our Shiloh? Whether you need to evaluate the weapon, the object used. Now that there's damage, do I need to look at the object and say, is this object capable of inflicting such damage? That you haven't showed me. I don't know. I still don't know that. When a weapon's used for, mur- for killing, we have to know whether it's capable of killing. And we still don't know. We know that courts do make assessments. Of course they make assessments. They have to assess damage. They have to assess embarrassment. They have to assess all these things. But you haven't shown me that they have to assess the damaging object. And that's what we've been asking. Says the Gemara, final answer. Toshma, 
Just like a fist when it inflicts damage is something that's capable of bringing to court. Also, it has to be something that's brought to court. We have a proof. We do need to have it in. Uh, we do need to have it in court. the If they evaluated the guy and he got healthier faster. Nice than like Kol Mashandu, he still gets the full amount. Masela the Rav is approved to Rav. Adam or Rav, Rav says, "Hi, Mandam Du Lukuli Yaima." Somebody who they thought is going to be sick for the whole day, and by midday, half day, high noon, the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm feeling great." The Kavod Avidita, and he's back to work. Right, he's back to work. You keep your kid home from school. Yeah, the whole day, uh, it comes to noon, the kid's totally fine. The kid's running around like it ain't no thing. Like, you know. so now he's back to work. The Brisa says, because of what we learned earlier, you know what the Allah is? You still need to pay him for a full day's work. Bezdin evaluated. You damage this guy, he has, to take a, he has to take a day off. Even if he didn't need a whole day off, you're still going to pay him for the whole day's work. He's not mechuyiv. He's not obligated to go into work. He spit at somebody and it ended up, um, and it ended up uh, landing on the guy. The heavier always said if you took off somebody's clothes. So you embarrass somebody publicly, you'd have to pay 400 zuz. Amar Rafa, Rafa says, This is only true when you pay 400 zuz for spitting on somebody and it lands on his body. Although the big day, if it lands on his shirt, you do not need to pay him 400 zuz. If it lands on his clothes, if you have to spit lands on you, on your skin, you gotta pay. If it lands on my clothing, no. I have an Havibay Bayish Bidvarim. So tomorrow, why not? You could embarrass somebody just by being spit on. The same way people get embarrassed with words without any spit. So why is this different? You should know that Allah actually is. If you embarrass somebody with words, there's no financial uh, there's no financial obligation. There's an obligation in the next world, and there's an obligation to do chuba. You have to ask for mechila. And even spend money on that if you want to have a, uh, if you want to uh, show the person that you're sincere. But if you embarrass somebody publicly with words, they cannot come back to you. What's it called? Defamation? Yes. Defamation. They cannot come back to you and say, you defamed me with words, and that's a financial, uh, a financial penalty. The only time you pay for embarrassment is something which involves, if it, uh, if it involves the goof, if it involves the body. Okay. okay. In, in American law, is that. In America, they'll make defamation lawsuits. In halacha, there's no defamation. Uh, there's no defamation lawsuit with uh, with words. Now, what we would do is the mafarshim here explain what chachamim do under these circumstances is you put somebody in here. If somebody spreads slander about somebody else or spreads negative information, you put the person in cherim, and the only way for the guy to get out is if he uh, if he gives financial restitution. Uh, to to get the person out, but biblically, the, biblically, there's no uh, there's no obligation through words. If you hurt somebody with words itself, it's not a, that, that doesn't bring on financial penalty. Okay, says the Gemara. Um, when you do these th- acts of embarrassment, it depends on how honorable it, the person who was would happen to, and the person who did it. 
Ibailu a question searching for information. Tanakama lekula kaamar elachomra kaamar. Is the Tanakama being lenient or strict over here? Lekula kaamar. Is he being lenient? Is it a leniency? Because if you have somebody who's poor and doesn't demand any respect from anybody, so if you embarrass him and uh, you know spit on him, so it's less humiliation. The guy anyway is covered in uh, schmutz, so it's a leniency. You're gonna have to pay less. I do now. Rabbi Kiva, remember, argued. Rabbi Kiva said, everybody's B'nai Arvi Yisakinyakov. You evaluate everybody like the wealthiest of the wealthy. And uh, the most noble of the noble. But the Tanakhama didn't say that. Tanakhama says, it depends your, your your status. So on one hand, it could come out being very lenient. If you embarrass somebody who doesn't have any social standing. If you embarrass somebody who's a very well-respected member of a community, boy, you're going to pay up. And more than an average person... And therefore, it's a it's a uh, stringency. Okay. Tashma, come and listen. Midikamar Rebbe Kiva. Since Rebbe Kiva said, "I feel the need to be sold." Rani Sakili and Ben Eicher and Shodim and Nachsem Shevni Armi Yisak V'Yakov. From the the way that Rebbe Kiva argues on the Tanakama, Shema Mina Tanakama Lakula Kamar Tanakama was being lenient and saying you need to pay less to people. Shema Mina. This actually is a good proof. From Isaac Bechazapara, she used a story with a guy who uncovered the hair of a woman, Vahulu, and we obligated him to pay 400 zuz. Umiya Vinazman says the Gemara, one second. Um, in the story that the Mishnah brought, this guy embarrassed her, and Rabbi Kiva said, 400 zuz. The guy says, I don't have 400 zuz, I need time to pay. Rabbi Kiva said, okay, I'll give you time to pay. Says the Gemara, why? Why are we giving time to pay? Umiya Vinazman, Vamar Abchanina, Einaisen Zman Lachavales. We don't give time to pay if you, uh, if you damage somebody. Right? If Besden Paskins, you're obligated to pay. You know when that payment's made? Immediately. You can't say, I'll pay next year after I take care of my taxes. Well, you can't get blood from a turnip. You can't what? Nachon, okay, fine. But if this guy has access to funds, we demand the funds now. We don't give time if you injure somebody. When you did real financial damage to somebody, you got to pay up now. The guy's currently losing money every second. He had value before. That value's gone. You fill it up. But for embarrassment, you didn't hurt his bank account. We do give time. We give time. We allow, we allow the, the payment to be made. Um, 60 months, what's it called? When people finance, uh, when you know, Honda tries to get you to finance a car, whatever it's called, 60 months. Uh, All right, with no money down, no money down. I guess you gotta, you gotta put no money down, you got time to pay off. Okay, ah, remember that story? What happened? Rabbi Kiva said he gotta pay 400 zoos. What does smart Alec do? He went to her backyard. And he put fancy oils next to the gate. And she came out and she saw Hatsitatsi oil. She's going to pamper herself. So she uncovered her hair publicly. And she took the oil and ran it through her hair. So the guy went running back to Rabbi Akiva. Remember the story? Ran back to Rabbi Akiva. He said, Rabbi Akiva, she did it herself. Rabbi Akiva says, I don't care. People embarrass themselves. But it doesn't mean you have a right to embarrass them. Right? Says the Gemara, Vahatanya. But we learned in a brisa. said, "You jumped into the water, adirim deep waters, 
and you brought up cheres, you brought up something that is worthless in your hand. What Rebbe Kiva is telling, uh, what Rebbe Kiva is telling the uh, Yid is that, you know, it was very shrewd of you to wait in the woman's yard to try to get chaperais to see whether she did it for a little bit, a, a little bit of oil. He says, you're like a guy who jumped into a swimming pool thinking that there's a treasure at the bottom, right? You're going to save yourself 400 zoos. And uh, what came up on your fishing rod? A piece of pottery. It's called entrapment. Huh? It's like in secular law, you're not guilty for entrapment. For entrapment. Okay. So he says, A person is allowed lechavel ba'atzmai. A person is allowed to damage themselves. That doesn't give, that doesn't give you right to damage them. I can damage myself. Does he right to damage me? Amar Rav Rav says like Hashem Kamechavala Khan b'Baishas. One's talking about Chavala and one's talking about Baishas. One's talking about uh, embarrassment. Okay, so when it comes to uh, when it comes to damaging, so um, what it means is that a person. What we keep it means is you're allowed to Im- embarrass yourself. You're not allowed to uh, you're not allowed to damage yourself. A person has no rights to uh, to hurt their to hurt their own body. Says Gemara, but our Mishnah is dealing with embarrassment, right? What happened? The guy ripped off the lady Shetel. So they were dealing with uh, embarrassment. He did, did he wound her? He didn't wound her. He just ripped, ripped her covering off. Top of And we still said, that if somebody wounds himself, you're going to be potter. So you see from over here that we're calling humiliation uh, damage, injury. And um, we're going to have a proof that the same way you're not allowed to damage yourself, you're not allowed to damage your body, you're not allowed to embarrass yourself on purpose. Who are you to embarrass yourself? You're telling Ali Kim, you can't embarrass, but you want to bring embarrassment to yourself, you're embarrassing the bunch of them. What gives you a right to do that? By embarrassment, a person is allowed to do that for himself. There's times, for whatever reason, a person's allowed to bring embarrassment uh, upon himself. But even when it comes to damaging, a person is not allowed to wound their body. If other people wound him, we don't own our bodies. Our bodies belong to the Rebbe I can't damage it, and other people... Um, uh, and, and, there, and other people are chayav uh, if they damage me. Okay. A person is not allowed to damage themselves. If somebody says, I'm going to hurt myself, and he didn't hurt himself, he still doesn't have to keep the vow that he said. I'm going to make a vow, I'm taking an oath, I'm vowing. I won't do this if I don't hurt myself. Says Gemara, you're not allowed to hurt yourself. So there's no, there's no vow that's in place. I lost the place. I'm sorry. I would think you're either to do ra to do bad, or to do good. What does that mean? Just like when I say I'm going to do something good. So it's rishos. It's uh, it has to do with things that are a choice. Afara rishos. So if you take an oath about to do something bad to yourself, it has to. Do, it's only going to be obligated if it has to do with rishos, something that is optional, not something where I'm previously uh, obligated. And this includes somebody who said I'm going to I'm going to hurt myself, and he did not hurt himself. Now, 
if you if a person takes an oath that they're going to hurt themselves and they don't, according to the stage that we're up to right now, you're responsible to. You have a chiv. Says Umar, but one second, you're not allowed to. You can't make an oath obligating yourself to do something that, that you're not allowed to do. Um, so why is it a valid oath? Amar Shmuel, what does it mean that I'm going to damage myself? It means a person says I'm going to fast. Okay. So those, a guy says, I swear in the name of Hashem that I'm going to fast. And he doesn't. So that's not something which is a, which is a sin outside of the fact that you transgressed your vow. But that's what it means to damage yourself. Is that you're saying, I'm, I'm not going to be eating. The uh, Opposite that when it comes to um, uh, hurting others, what it, what it means is that I'm going to, I'm going to um, cause them to fast. Yeah, no, I'm going to, how am I going to hurt other people? I'm going to make them fast. I'm going to tie them up, lock them up, and I'm not going to give them uh, any food. says, but that's not called fasting. Says, in Yeah, like we explained, you lock them up. You lock them up and you, you don't give them any sort of food. So you, you brought a fast upon them. We learned that Ibrahim says, What is considered What's considered hurting other people? What if somebody says, I'm going to hit this guy and cut open, uh, cut open his brain? Okay. So that. <laughs> Uh, there we're dealing with obviously he's he's threatening to physically harm somebody, okay. Um, so you're not allowed to you're not allowed to harm somebody else, but it seems that you're allowed to harm yourself because we're dealing with physical harm. Whether or not you're allowed to bring damage onto yourself, it's really fascinating, really fascinating. Shaila, you know, in the Torah we have you're not allowed to bring damage to yourself out of pain, right? If you're sitting in mourning and I'll have to put a gash on yourself. The question is, is there other times where I'm allowed to uh, am I allowed to cause myself physical pain? Am I, am I allowed to or not? I'm not going to be killing myself. Can I, can I bring myself physical pain or not? So he says, some people hold yes and some people hold no. Why? So here we go. Who's the Tana who says that a person is not allowed to bring any sort of physical damage onto himself? Uh, but for your blood of your nefesh, Edrash, I will seek. Rabbi Lazar says, What does this mean? I am going to, um, Hashem says, I'm going to take punishment against somebody who spills their own blood. Okay? Somebody spills their own blood. Now, the doma katala shiny, maybe spilling blood is referring to suicide. That you're not allowed to kill yourself. Maybe that's what it means. Says Gemara, you're right. That wouldn't be a proof. So rather, what, 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 what am I going to use for a proof? Ella, rather, high Tana, who we learned out from a different Tana, the Tana learned the Brisa, Mikarin alames You're allowed to tear your clothing if somebody, uh, a family member dies, and it's not considered following in the ways of the, the Goyim, even though the Goyim would tear Kriya also, we're allowed to tear Kriya, it's not considered ways of the Goyim. Amr Blazar, Shemati, I heard, that if somebody um, tears his clothes too much over a mace, we'll actually give you Malchus, because it's Baltashkas, it's wasting. You're destroying things for no reason, Okay. Destroying things for no reason. So if you're obligated, says Gemara, incredible. 
Again, what are we looking for? We're, we're trying to find out, are you allowed to hurt yourself? Not kill yourself. That, no. Can I, cause wound, can I cause damage to myself? Says the Gemara, well, if you're not allowed to damage your clothes unnecessarily, it's baltashchis, bekoshkin gufay. How much more so can I not damage my body? So how would you bring a person to court for excessive tearing of their clothes? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But would you... Uh, um, if if, uh, if Bezdem would hear about somebody who's excessively mourning, there's times where they'd give the guy Malchus. They'd, oh, they give, they'd give him Malchus. He's doing the wrong thing. You should know they would do this if the Chum felt necessary. They would do this when people would walk around arrogant, you know, uh, showing off. That, that's how they would, uh, that's how they, they'd whip people into shape. Literally. Literally, that's what they would do. So you're going to bring a guy into court. You're saying good. You're saying like, what are you going to testify about, right? Says Gemara, I'll tell you. Bezdin hears about it, that this guy's, uh, this guy's wasting things. They'll call him in. They'll call him in. They'll, they'll summon him to Bezdin, the same way you summon a guy who's withholding a gift from his wife. You summon him to Bezdin. Says Gemara, Incredible. Maybe it's worse to tear your clothing than to tear your body. I'll tell you why. A body heals. It's temporary. Clothing doesn't heal. Listen to this story. Rabbi Yechanan would call his clothing my kavod. Rav Kalevsky, Zecher Tzadik Levracher, Biakov Moshe Kalevsky, when his uh, his driver, who's now my son's Rosh Hashiva, Shlomo Kutov, would drive uh, the Rosh Hashiva, Rav Kalevsky. He'd drive him to Chasnas. So he told he he told us he said that he he picked up the Rosh Hashiva to go to Chasna. Huh? Yeah, Mishpacha. Where's Mishpacha? Now he's Mishpacha. At the time, he wasn't Mishpacha. I don't think. So, grandson-in-law. Grandson-in-law, right? So he, uh, he, said, he said he'd pick up the Roshiva, and before he got in the car of Klevsky, when, he, when they asked him to be Roshiva near Yisrael, he started wearing a frock. He started wearing a, a long Roshiva coat. So, so when Shlomo would pick him up, so before he got in the car, Rav Klevsky would take off his jacket, and he would say, let's put the Roshiva in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. Stick the Rosh Hashiva in the trunk. <laughs> this this coat is my Rosh Hashiva over here. You know, it's a, he didn't. You know, he had to wear it because Rosh Hashiva. But he, he, you know, he was. He always felt like he was part of the idol. He always felt like he was. Huh? That's the way it was. That's the way it was. That was him, Mamish. That, that was Mamish. So says Rabbi Yechanan, What's my clothing? My clothing is my covered. Yeah, my clothing are these things that honor me. That's, that's, that's what it's doing here. When he would walk amongst bushes and thorns, listen to this, ready? He'd walk amongst thorns when he was traveling. He would pick up his pants, make himself knickers, so that the thorns should scratch his flesh. And not his clothes. Amar, and he said, the scratches will go away. But if it tears my pants, that ain't going away. So I have a choice of damaging something. 
I prefer the scratch on my leg than the, than uh, have to uh, have to fix my pants. So what do you see from here? Says the Gemara. It's not necessarily true that it's called baltashchis to make a cut in your body. It's baltashchis to tear something that ain't coming back. But our bodies are all temporary, so it'll heal. Who says it's baltashchis? So we have we have no proof again that you're not allowed to scratch yourself. Nice. Says we have a proof you're not allowed to permanently waste. But what about temporary? We don't know. Says Gemara Allah Tanahu. Rather, the following Tanah Tanah with the Raisa Amr Belazar Akapar Beribi. Belazar Akapar Beribi says Beribi means like you're the Rebbe of the generation. Yeah, he says Matamud Lai Mer Bechiper Love Meisher Chatal Nefesh. The Nazir has a kapara for the fact that he sinned against his nefesh. He sinned against his soul. Who the Nazir, which nefesh did the Nazir sin against? The Nazir did not allow himself to drink wine, whether it was for 30 days, a year, whatever, however long he accepted upon himself. It's an Avera to withhold permitted things from yourself. Says the Gemara, so what shaykhis? A nazir who, what's he doing? He's just refraining from wine. His, his body's not going to enjoy wine for 30 days. We say you're a sinner. God let you drink wine. Why are you taking vows like this? It's kosher. Eat it. What's the problem? What's the problem? Anybody who's mitzayr, who causes pain to himself in any matter, how much more so is it a problem? Okay? So, Cesar Blazer Akapa are incredible. He says, you know why you're not allowed to hurt yourself? You know what the source is? A Nazir. A Nazir is not allowed to withhold enjoyment from himself. And if it's forbidden to withhold enjoyment, if it's a trans... If you're called a chote, I'm not going to call it a transgression. If you're called a chote for withholding pleasure, how much more so are you called a chote for fasting? And if you're a chote for fasting, how much more so are you a chote for causing physical damage for mamish wounding uh, for mamish wounding yourself? Okay, let's do one more two dots. Here we go. Hakaitzitz Yosef. Somebody who cuts down his netiyais. Netiyais are young trees. Vichulu. Okay. Tani tana bara chana rav shayri haragta. If Yankul walks over to Ruvain and Yankul says to Ruvain, Ruvain, your ox, um, I'm sorry, you, Ruvain, killed my ox. Yeah, Shairi, my ox, Haragta, you killed. You, you, Ruvain, killed my ox. Niti Aisai Kitatsta, or you cut down my young trees. Ata Amarta Lila Hargai, and Ruvain says, I did. You know why? You asked me to shacht your ox. You asked me to cut down your tree. I, I, tell, I did it, but it was with your permission. It was at your request. So Ruvain, who the claim is against, is Potter. I mean, he's, he's innocent till proven guilty over here. It's uh, prove otherwise, right? Uh, innocent till proven guilty. The, the expression we use in Allah is, If you want to get payment from Ruvain, you're going to have to prove that he did it against your will. Omar Lay. So he said to him, Im Cain, if that's true, that Reuven could defend himself in that way, He says, you're, you're causing big problems with this. Because there's going to be so many cases where people cannot protect 
their stuff anymore. All I need to do is have somebody damage me, say I asked them to do it, and then how am I supposed to prove I didn't? Bring witnesses I've never spoke to the guy before? How are you ever going to prove that? So says, Rabba, um, uh, says Rav to Rabbi Barbachana, if you're going to tell me that, that, is a, that, that th- this, t- this type of defense is a way to get out of things, he says, you're, you're opening up a big, uh, a big problem with me. Amar so he said, okay, Esamye, so you want me to remove it? Meaning, you may not be happy with this, but this is the halacha. Somebody says, I don't like that the Torah says that, uh, you know, uh, thou shall not kill. I think euthanasia is, uh, should be allowed. You'd be like, okay, very nice. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> Last letter of the olive base. Tough. It doesn't make a difference what you think. Right? Important you said. I learned this from Rabbi Yosef David. Rabbi Yosef David of Aish. He told me a line. It had a big reishim on me. It makes me, I, I think about this when it's appropriate. He was at a, he was in the J and there was some sort of lecture that went on. And uh, after the lecture, so there were different people sharing with the panelists their opinions. They were all mostly Jewish people and their opinions on things. And the panelist was saying, yeah, there are, you know, we're all, you know, there's, he was trying to present Judaism, even though the guy probably doesn't know anything about Judaism. He was trying to present Judaism and he says that there's different, there's just different opinions in Judaism. So Yosef David raised his hand. I think that he he told me to raise his hand. And he said, here's the line and it's precious. It's a precious line. He said, no. There's not many different opinions about Judaism. There's a big difference between a Jewish opinion and an opinion of a Jew. That's great. Mm. Just because you're Jewish and have an opinion does not make it a Jewish opinion. That's great. A Jewish opinion comes from the Torah. That's a Jewish opinion. And if it ain't in the Torah, tough. That's your opinion. I don't care if you're Jewish. It don't matter. It's not a Jewish opinion. What happened? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He told this to me a few years ago. I have to remind him of this. But it's, it's, sometimes I need to think about this for myself. Right? I think something's right. Is this a Jewish opinion? Is this the opinion of Tendler? What is it? What is it? Where, where's, it, where's, it uh, where's it stemming from? Mm-hmm. So, says the, so he, he says back to Rav. Rav says... What are you doing? Now nobody's going to be able to take payment because people are going to defend themselves like this. He says, so what do you want? Asamye? I should just, I should remove it? <laughs> that's the halacha. What do you want me to do? Amar he said, Loi. No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, that brisa that you're quoting could be referring to an ox that's already been judged on for death. And a tree that's been judged on to be cut down. Meaning, meaning, Ruven goes over to Yankul. Or we'll say, Yanko went to Reuven. That was the case before. Yanko went to Reuven. And he says, Reuven, you cut down the tree. Reuven, you killed my animal. Reuven cannot defend himself by saying, you told me. But you know what Reuven can do? Reuven can say, yeah, um, that ox was paskined Lamisa already. That tree was paskined to be cut down for whatever reason. And therefore, I didn't cause you any damage. 
Says the Gemara, Ihachi Maikatonle. So what's the claim? If these things were actually judged against already, so he's not losing his ox or tree. The owner says to Ruven, Yankel says Ruven, I didn't want you to kill the ox. I didn't want you to cut, chop down the tree. I wanted to do the mitzvah of, of killing the ox and chopping down the tree. This is my mitzvah. Who are you? It's my ox that needed to be killed. My tree that needed to be chopped down. Who are you to go do my mitzvah for me? Titania, as it says in the price of Veshavach Vekisa, whoever shechts the bird is the one who gets the mitzvah to cover it with earth. Misha Shavach the one who shechted it has first bibs on performing the mitzvah of covering the blood. There's a story with a guy who shechted a bird. Now there's a mitzvah of kisu yadam, the mitzvah to cover the blood with dirt, right? What happened? Another yid came along and covered it with dirt. And listen, dirt, the Hebrew Rebbe Gamliel, Rebbe Gamliel obligated him to give 10 zuhuvim to pay 10 golden coins because he stole the mitzvah. Now listen to this. We're going to stop here for today in Gemara. Listen to this. The question is asked, how can you obligate how can you obligate the guy who covered the blood with dirt in 10 gold coins? What did he take? They took the mitzvah away. Here's the problem. The Gemara also teaches me that if I try to do a mitzvah and the mitzvah goes away, I get the reward for the mitzvah. Thought is like action. And therefore, the guy who covered it didn't steal anything. The other guy, he could say to this guy who slaughtered it, you got your mitzvah anyway. You got your mitzvah. You tried to do the mitzvah. You intended to do the mitzvah. So you get reward for doing the mitzvah. So what I take? Why are you obligating me in 10 gold coins? Zuk the chsam seifer. Chsam seifer says, you know how I'm going to answer this? With another question. And that is, where's 10 gold coins come from? A mitzvah is worth 10 gold coins? Can you put a financial value on a mitzvah? No. So where do you get 10 gold coins? Zuk the chsam seifer. Zuchus and Yuganalaini. He says, incredible. He says... You're right that if somebody intends to do a mitzvah and doesn't do it, he receives the reward of the mitzvah. However, your body physically did not perform a mitzvah and that is an automatic loss. When our bodies are used in the performance of a mitzvah, it's sanctified. And the fact that you'll get schar, but the fact that your body, practically speaking, it just simply wasn't used. If physically wasn't used, you lost out on that. And the physical loss of a mitzvah could be compensated with physical value. And therefore, in this case, he says in this case, where one guy shechted, the other guy jumped, the, jumped him, you know, to, to cover the blood, even though the guy who slaughtered it did, he does get a mitzvah. He wanted to do it, he tried to do it, he yearned to do it, it's as if he did it mamish, but his body didn't do it. Physically you lost out, we're going to make a physical. Uh, we're going to make a physical compensation, and that you can place a value of of uh, ten gold coins on because that's all that was stolen. Okay, we'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.